Shields up, Iron Breakers. Burkan here coming at you with another episode of the Third Fleet Podcast. I actually don't remember which episode number it is, and I would very quickly look it up. I think it's going to be 57, but let me just like very quickly do it live because, oh my God, I'm even listening to myself and 50, 50, 50. It is 57. I'm pretty sure it's 57. Yeah, it's 57. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing, Gaijin? Watch, it's going to be 58 and people are going to be so confused. No, 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 no. It's 57 because the, the latest episode is 56. We 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 had to skip a week. Oh, yeah. We, we, we had skipped to, a week, yes. I mean, this is the second time we skip a week in 2022. Actually, it might even be the third time. I don't know. We, we've had a couple of skips, but you guys also need to understand there's not... There's just not a whole lot to talk about in terms of Monster Hunter right now because there's not a whole lot of news. We kind of exhausted a lot of the topics in previous podcasts. We talked everything from stuff that we want to see to um, music to everything and then some. Everything, Uh, yeah. I actually posted up um, a uh, a topic over on YouTube asking people like, hey, what 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 would you guys like us to talk about? I have a bunch of questions from you guys here. Not all of them, obviously, and we're probably not even going to be able to go through all of the ones that I have here because, you know, knowing the way that me and Gaijin tend to blabber yeah. on, it's going to be completely wild. But I mean, uh, Fun fact, I'll say fun fact, we were going to do this the other day and we yes. had to cancel it <laughs> because... Yeah, I, I, my brain was not in the world of Monster Hunter, and I was, there was only one thing on my mind at that point, so. Yeah, we we actually intended to record yesterday, and Gaijin was telling me, oh man, I'm in the final zone of 14, and it's like, I'm so close, and, and I was like, okay, well, let's, let's just finish 14, so that you can get, you can get that out of your system, and just be happy about the story, and I, I don't re- I don't even remember how long ago it was that I started teasing you about fourteen. This was a while ago, and you're like, "Nah, it's just, it's just not for me. It's it's just not fu- a game for me." Yeah. <laughs> What's really funny? I was looking through our old uh, correspondence, and there was a message of me telling you how much I loved Tokiden Kiwami, and that I was already on my New Year's break, and I'm like, "Oh man, I'm having such a blast." You're like, and I just beat the story, and you're like, "Good." more time for ff14 <laughs> and then i'm like i'm like no man I, I still have the online stuff to do and you're like dude you promised i was like i got and i said i said rory i've got two weeks still of of off time like i'll get to it and then you're like that's not a lot of time man <laughs> i was our i was already within two weeks i was already almost at the end of uh heaven's word at that point yeah so, so yeah, not a lot of time, man. You don't know how bad I get. <laughs> now you do. I just, it's just funny for me to remember that because like, I had to kind of like guilt trip you into it. And then uh, shortly afterwards, I was like feeling the guilt of like, oh, no, this is his first MMO. This is it. I've just ended his life because you got You know, really, I would have never, you got I would have really never given in if the whole soul sacrificing didn't happen. <laughs> that's 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 where you earned some real estate with me and some uh so you you, you took out some uh some deposits in the trust and you, you put in some you put in some deposits and then you did a withdrawal and you said okay now you've got to play 14 like, <laughs> and it's I like I, online games man i'd say i got a return on my investment would i be right <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at my i'm looking at my ps5 like well I am playing on the PS5, and it is free, so fine. You know what? New Year's break is the only time I have dedicated time for it. I'll give it an honest shot. 
and I dragged oh, my feet. My and God. it was rocky for the first day or two, but after yeah. that, man, it was uh, holy crap. So it's been an intense fifty days. I've uh, I've stated multiple times, guys, that's like eventually me and Gajan will do like a dedicated 14 discussion that will probably be on a separate channel because I know that most people here, you guys are more interested in Monster Hunter souls and stuff like that. We'll talk about that too. But uh, really quickly, because I, I, one of the things that I always hear people say, and now I'll put the question towards you, Gajan, which is people always tell me, I want to try it out, but nothing is worth the monthly fee. That's what a lot of people tell me. And it's like, it's very easy for me to just tell them it's definitely worth it, even if you don't play past heaven's How much worth. is a monthly fee? I don't even know because I just it's, bought it. I didn't even think about it. It is uh, 13 euros for the normal or uh, 10 Well, I don't know how much it is in dollars. I think it goes one-to-one, -one, but I'm not sure. But it's like 13 euros a month normal. Then if you buy like a six-month thing, it's like 10 euros. But there's a more limited version where you can only have one character per server. And that's 10 euros. And you only need one character per server because you can play all yeah, jobs. Yeah, you wouldn't. But uh, it's, it's like the price of two games a year. Not even. Yes. But it's like, <laughs> you know, but here's the thing. What I, t what I tell people is like, listen, it's worth it for you to just play the trial, which the trial is not active right now, but it's probably going to be yeah. coming back soon. That's what it's, I'm going to wait for before I start doing vids. But yeah, I think it's worth it just to do. Just to do Heaven's Word. hundreds of hours. Yes. Yeah, you can just do Heaven's Word because at that point, you will know if it's the love of your life or not. You yeah. would have already gone through everything. And it's like, you'll get several hundred hours for free. So it's like, you don't have to pay a subscription. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah. But, and, um, and here's, and then comes the other question, which is, but knowing what you know now, do you think that monthly fee is worth it or not? I, you know, I've only been a paid subscriber for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> and I just beat, and Walker. <laughs> I just got my first subscription gifts like two days ago. <laughs> I'll guess I'm a paid user because when you buy the game, you also get like a 30-day um, yeah. subscription with it. So that with the trial, because the trial brought me all the way through the base game and Heaven's Word, which is like like half, almost half all the content. I mean, that's like a third. It's a lot. Um, yeah, that was kind of funny. So... Is it worth it? I don't know. I mean, I bought half a year and I will say right now, as long as I have the money, they've earned my subscription for the next 10 years. <laughs> I'm just going to keep subscribed to it. I'm not even going to think about it. Oh, man. I think at least at this point, I think it's going to be worth it, but I've never chased this game live. So I don't know. I'll yeah. be honest. I don't know. Uh, but. You know, once I get the house, because you know I'm going to get a house soon. I'm going to make the miracles happen. Everyone's telling me it's impossible. It's going to happen. And then at that point, just well, keep, I'm just going to Just keep one keep... thing in mind, which is like, if you buy a house on Spriggan, that house only exists I'm... on Spriggan. Yeah, but if I leave Spriggan, then I can't play with you anymore. Yeah. And that would suck. I was, I'm just letting well, you know. <laughs> I mean, the only... Yeah, so I, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, that's that's just the the quick Final Fantasy fourteen update. We'll eventually, like I said, we'll do like a full on discussion about this in the other channel that I have. But for now, we're mm -hmm. gonna be returning over to the world, the land of Monster Hunter. I've been um I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West, and this is a topic that some people ask me about. Like, is Forbidden West kind of like the open world Monster Hunter in a way? 
um, because, you know, you hunt the machines and stuff and it's not exactly Monster Hunter, but there's definitely yeah. inspiration from Monster Hunter because like I've mentioned in my review, I did interview the devs and they did say that they took inspiration from Monster Hunter and having played through, ha having Horizon still fresh in my mind, there are things that I would like to that I would like to mention that I feel like Monster Hunter could learn from them, particularly when it comes to elemental stuff. <laughs> they do, they do elemental exploits so well, and like, I really and like wish it, Monster, that's like the worst part of Monster Hunter is is the elemental balance is so bad. Yeah, it's it's like because ultimately nine times out of ten you're just better off just go raw, just go raw damage, raw, raw damage, and unless you're playing like dual blades, uh, bow and maybe insect glaive at this point i don't even know but there's a couple of weapons that can kind of like get away with a little bit of elemental damage and even then it's only like on very specific matchups right and the way that it works for, for those of you that never played horizon is for instance you have most of the elemental stuff is done through either bows or other types of weapons that will give you like elemental effects but you can basically build up uh, all of the elements they're kind of like ailments so you can build up a fire thing and then the monster burns. You can build up corrosive thing and then the, not monster machine, and the machine like is corroded and it takes additional damage and the armor parts get broken off more easily. There's a bunch of stuff like that. But the reason why it's so satisfying is because you can look at the machines, you can identify, okay, there's this canister here that if I shoot it with fire, then this machine's going to explode and detonate and spread fire all over the place. And it's just things like that are things that I really wish the Monster Hunter team would think about because elemental damage is always such a frustrating thing to me because I want to play elemental, but there's no reason to, and in most situations at least. And usually in most weapons, going out of your way to get elemental damage ends up in a net damage loss, particularly in, in the way that like, critical element works in rise which is so no, it's, so it's bad. bad it's it's like and, and people ask me sometimes and i don't know the exact maths behind it do, do you know the maths behind critical element the exact percentages or whatever i think it was only 25 right wasn't it instead of where the you know like crit boost is 40 percent, and this is capped at like 15 or 20 or 25 i don't know but it, yeah. it's it's bad it's not good i, I think i think especially because it's hard to put on so it's like yeah. Not only you're gonna, and that was the same in Iceborne. It's like you're gonna make it hard to get, and then you're gonna like make it kind of like the, like come on. Yeah, I, I I feel like elemental damage is definitely something that the team still has to work on. I don't think that that is gonna be something that is gonna be getting addressed in Sunbreak. Would you Would you think that is the case? No, no, no. I, no. I don't do that. But I I do hope that that's gonna be a Monster Hunter Six thing where they're finally yeah. going to embrace the elements because i mean they have the nice living breathing world they've got a more organic structure so it would be you know and in inter interacting with the environment it would be nice for them to really start thinking about elemental stuff because that ultimately becomes the base of all the variations of the monsters right is is elements and status so it'd be nice yeah but like, but yeah for like it'd be kind of cool like if you know like i'm just thinking like there might be ways that they can make the status elements interact with elements like can you imagine like you know like if you're stunned or if a monster's stunned that you would imagine that i guess that wouldn't work because lightning is what stuns you but i would imagine there has to be a way to knock you out of it like with blast or something i don't know there's there's gotta be something 
I haven't thought about it deeply. I just know that I don't like, I don't, the current system is lackluster. So yeah. Even, even just something like I, I was just thinking right now about the, the system that they utilize in soul sacrifice where um, you can achieve, say for instance, infernal hell by just spamming fire spells. And then you can achieve like an elemental break by using uh, an ice spell after you achieve uh, the the thing, and then there's also because like they have all of these different elements and and ailments and soul sacrifice as well, and each of them has like a counter element. So for instance, if you get something zapped with lightning, you would then hit it with stone because stone beats lightning, and that would like mm. break it. Or you would get something poison, and then you would burn it with fire because fire destroys poison, and then that would get broken. It'd be cool to have something like that because again, it would give you a reason to figure things out with your friends and be like okay so i'll bring fire you bring ice i'll get him to burn mm. then when i burn him you're gonna go in and it's like blam you know or it, it might happen the other way around like depends on who has the most like element like say somebody would have the other guy would actually have more ice so ice would proc first and then the fire would destroy it and it would be kind of like a neat little thing to, to actually do that there are some monsters that have a, an interesting mechanic kind of like that not exactly like that. So like how Baroth, I don't know. I think it's water to clear the mud and then ice to actually deal damage on the monster or fire to deal damage on the monster. Something like that. So Yeah, the water clearing the uh, clearing the uh, hard clay is really fun. <laughs> yeah, Shooting exactly. water pods at it. Pew, pew, pew. So there, there are some, s- some interesting mechanics that they've experimented with, but not really, you know, not really. I'm not expecting that for Sunbreak, no way. Yeah. Sunbreak is for anyone that was expecting elements to be completely redesigned for Sunbreak. We don't expect it. It might happen. We might be surprised. Never say never. But it's not something that we would expect. But we would want the team to start looking more closely at elements come Monster Hunter Six, because right now you look at the the weapons tree and it's like eighty percent of weapons they're worthless. They're just not there doing anything. Like I crafted all the gun lances on the Switch version. I'm not going to use them. <laughs> it's like, I use like three gun lances from the tree and then a bunch of like rampage gun lances. That's it. It's just like, yeah, that's just the way that, uh, that goes. But yeah, we hope to see elemental, uh, shifts, but that is not going to be something that's going to be happening on sunbreak. I received a lot of questions about lost Ark. I don't think that you're in, in the know in regards to lost Ark Gaijin. All you got to know is that the reason why people are asking me about it is because there's a class in lost Ark that is the gun Lancer, <laughs> which, which is actually, as far as I can tell, literally taken from monster hunter. Like they're just like, yep, this is the, the because it's, it's, it's a gun lance through and through it shells. They even refer to the attacks as shelling, which is like, <laughs> it wow. doesn't get any more obvious than that but uh yeah it's it's, it's a really fun thing i played it for a while but uh lost ark is not going to be for me because uh i looked up some videos in terms of how grindy that thing get that thing gets and in order for you to reach end game in full like free to play just like playing for free without actually putting any money in it because it's a free to play game it takes you about as much time as a woman given birth so i was like no no I'm not going to be grinding for nine months to experience the end game. No, I'll, I'll pass. No, but you. I hope that the people that are playing it, I hope you guys are enjoying it, having a blast. And I hope that it is as successful as it can possibly be. It broke records on Steam. So it's got like 
1.3 million concurrent players at some point on its launch weekend. So that was freaking fantastic. But those are just like my my quick thoughts on on Lost Ark. Um, probably not going to be playing a whole lot of it. Um, and uh, then I guess we get into Elden Ring. What are your plans for Elden Ring now that you've kind of finished? <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen, Gadget, because a lot of people were asking me as well to to ask you about Elden Ring and what your plans are for that. When does it come out? It's soon, right? It's like, on it's the twenty fifth. Yeah, it's on the twenty fifth. So it's like oh nine gosh. days as of this as of this recording is when it comes out. You know, I was going to I wish they would be up front and let us know when they're going to add in ray tracing they said it's gonna be in a future update the thing this is like the game is gonna have those like the frame pacing hiccups that i don't like right oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. the thing this is like i've played bloodborne and i've played souls and yeah after you play a game that's above 30 fps when you look at it it's like (laughs) but after like an hour you know your eyes start to fill in the frames and everything feels good yeah i think if i if i can get a ray trace experience at 30 fps like a solid 30 like that would be pretty cool. You're going to be playing it on the on the Xbox, right? Yeah, the Is Xbox that, Series X. So they're they're adding ray tracing to the Series X. That's been confirmed. Yeah, Series Series X and PS5, but at a later date. But to be honest, most of the ray tracing updates for games have been very lackluster. I know Cyberpunk just got it yesterday or today, um, but it's it's like it's just it's just a few shadows. It's not that inclusive, and it's um, but things like. I just got done with a sprint on Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. And I'm a little I'm a little exhausted, to <laughs> say the least. I mean I'm I'm basically at like five hundred hours. Yep. And um, and you still so you I'm still exhausted. have some you still have some stuff left to do, like a couple of raids here and there and whatnot yeah. that you're curious about checking out. So there's still some more content there. Yeah, so I think I need to take it easy for a few weeks. So I don't and you know yeah, I just I don't think I want to jump into another game that might be I might get obsessive over uh, yeah. in the next month or so. So I think I'm going to hold off on it. I'm super excited for it. I the good thing is I don't care about spoilers when it comes to uh, Soulsborne games. So like I I don't I'll be watching and enjoying everyone's content and anything that you make because for me the Souls games you, like I know you like the exploration and the discovery and many people do. I don't. Dude, that is. To me, that is like everything. Like if somebody spoils something for me in a Souls game, like that will diminish my enjoyment of that game like by a good 60%. Like not even exaggerating because like to me just the sense of discovery is everything. Like not knowing where – because you only get that once – like after that, you know exactly where things are. You might have missed like one yeah. or two things. Like I'll look up stuff after I finish my first playthrough to see if, particularly if it's zones that I haven't been to, which happens a lot in Souls games. Like I'll beat the game. Like first time I beat the original Dark Souls, is like, Painted World of Variumus? What's that? I've never been there. I have no idea what that is. The Great Hollow? What? I've never been there either. What the it's so weird. This? I I don't know what it is, but I get to me Souls is more of a cinematic experience. Like this, the the atmosphere and the vibe and everything is everything. So that in the game feels dangerous. Yes. So like I get, I 
it might be anxiety, like going into an area that I've never seen and I don't know. Everybody gets of, anxiety. I'm, I'm kind of afraid to even walk around, like because I, I don't know anything. Yeah. And so, I, you know, there's different ways to enjoy the game, and I think I'm blessed in the fact that I don't. For me, it's not about the story because I'll just end up having to watch Vadi videos afterwards, anyways. Yep. So and every, um, everybody does. Let's be honest. Everybody ends up watching Vati's videos, anyways. Vati, you could put him on the back of the box as a feature of the game. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to videos by Vati Vidya because he's awesome. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, so I don't think I'm going to touch it for a while, but. I just wish I knew what was happening because most games right now, the updates, when they say it's coming at a later date, they're talking like a year away. Like even yeah. Minecraft doesn't have ray tracing yet, and that's going to be the most mind-blowing thing I mean, when they do finally add that. It does, just not officially. It's had it for well, a while. Well, no, it's, it's, it's official. It's on RTX, but it's on PC. Yeah. I want it on the Xbox Series X. So Because we've yeah, played it, and you. it's mind it is mind-blowing. Like that is... I will buy a second Series X when that comes out, if if they can release it, you know, so Unit can have the best experiences. That's gonna, I work, we'll get a thousand hours out of that. It's so cool. I felt like a little kid again. Like it was <laughs> unbelievable. All right, the, you're, but, you're uh, I don't know if they can make it work. I I feel like you are to RTX as I was to HDR when HDR came around. Like RTX, I'll be real. Like what I've seen of RTX so far has not really impressed me all that much because a lot of games will use certain things in their lighting engines that are not RTX. Like, for instance, definitely Horizon Forbidden West did this. It has some zones that are impressively well lit. And I don't know if it's RTX. I don't think it is. I'm not sure. No. But it's like, I just feel like so long as they do lighting right, I don't really miss RTX that much. Whereas HDR yeah. is a completely different thing to me. Like if you See, give I'm me the opposite. HDR. For me, <laughs> have, you, have you tried Minecraft RTX? No. Oh my God. Like I, your I, brain will explode. I know like people have told me a lot about the RTX. It's like the thing is uh, Minecraft. No, you could sit there inside of a, I just put down little blocks and I put a torch in there and I started giggling like a kid. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I know. Just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like the the thing to me is that Minecraft has never been a game where I cared about the visuals. Like I just like the the basic experience. I don't need like super 4K HD. Like if I was to start playing Minecraft right now, you want to know which platform I'd like to play it on? It'd be the Switch. Yeah, because yeah, like I I, I I don't need the visuals. Like I I just like putting I just like playing Lego for grownups. That's what I like. It's Lego yeah. for grownups. Well, when the Legos start there's interaction with the pieces. It's so fun to start making stuff Yeah, yeah. because depending on where you put it, it changes everything. It's so fun just making atmosphere and just playing around because it's still cartoony as hell. So I love yeah. it. But the, to me, HDR, I still don't, I, I love HDR. The color the it's, color difference to me. And, and, and I mean, the vibrancy is there, but it's like, yeah. it's still dark. It's so dark. I don't know. I don't, I, like I don't, I don't even. I don't even know if Elden Ring has HDR because I've been steering clear of literally everything. I know that there's been preview builds posted and stuff like that. And I'm just like, not, not st completely away. Like, look, I've, I did the network test and I'll be real. I wish, I almost wish I hadn't done it because the network test yeah. was so big. It was huge. There's so much stuff to do in the network test. And that's already kind of like been spoiled for me. Kind of, it's not really spoiled because I experienced it firsthand, 
But it's like when I'm when I eventually do my blind playthrough, which I will, mm. it's like I'm gonna know all that stuff already, and I can already see the comments because people are always like, you you said this is a blind playthrough, you already know everything. It's like, well, yeah, this was in the network test. It's not my choice. I had I wanted to cover the game. It's like mm, you know, but yeah, uh, so you'll see me on your streams, and I'll be interacting with the content. I'm gonna love seeing it because I'm gonna enjoy playing it when I get it. Cause also, you know that I don't, I can't, I guess I can't say this anymore, that I'm not into open world games, because I suppose Final Fantasy XIV is an open world game. Uh, I suppose. Not really. Kind of. It doesn't feel like one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's sectioned off into zones, right? So it doesn't yeah. feel as open worldy. It feels more that like JRPG it's... than anything else. Yeah, exactly. You're just on an airship running around. So like. Yeah. So, like, I get overwhelmed like crazy when there's too much to do, and yeah. I end up literally just not playing the game, which is, for someone who just blitzed Final Fantasy XIV, that's kind of a funny thing to say, but that, it's the illusion. It's the, the commitment and feeling that you get when you go into a space that has, like, it's, like, oh, it's the, so vast. The thing and, was, let's, let's, also, let's also realize you were heavily guided through 14 not not got in terms of like watching guides but got in terms of here are the fun attractions of this of this theme park guide and this is the attractions that you yes. should ride on and and all of these other little things no you leave those behind don't worry about those and where is it like if but you're that's what a, i like that's the advantage yeah. of playing a game not on release date is yeah exactly to not have to have so i don't need that discovery uh, yeah. i do like it from monster hunter to an extent but even that that's a game that i'm gonna face each monster so many times anyways that it's yeah. It's fine. But uh, it, it, it's like that is also a part of open world games where, you know, when it's a new game and you just jump in there. And for a lot of people, th this is an interesting thing, which is I think that for a lot of people, you just, say, for instance, you jump into an Assassin's Creed, you go to one of the towers, and it's like, boom, here's, here's like 20 different things that you can do. That to me is actually a turnoff a lot of the times because I already know that out of those 20 things like 15 of them are probably not that interesting right and you're just like mm, you know that, that that's the thing about open world games it's easy to get overwhelmed and you want to do everything but at the same time yeah. you start thinking i probably shouldn't though because a lot of these are just here to do busy work or something yeah. and it, it's good if I, you I like to be know. an efficient i like to be an efficient gamer i'll put yeah. it that way and but the thing is like with elden ring i don't think that is going to be a problem because i feel like at least from the network test all of the things that were there to do for starters the map is not like oh here's like a million markers of all the things you can do right yeah. uh for starters it's not like that but then on top of it all of the little events that i took part in all of them felt significant in the network test so yeah. i think elden ring is not going to be a traditional open world game it's just going to give you choice in terms of what to tackle first and what to focus on first and what to come back for later and whatnot. So we'll yeah. see how that works out. But uh, yeah, that's the Elden Ring section. Then we also have the the whole thing about the Capcom countdown that a lot of people um, <laughs> brought to my attention. Yes. Uh, I've seen a lot of websites reporting that it's probably going to be a Street Fighter thing. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a Monster so. Hunter no. thing because it uh, wouldn't I'm make... Because a lot of people are like, Rurikan, you seen the Capcom count? It's probably a monster. And it's like, 
I highly doubt it's a monster on the thing due to the simple fact that like, look, we're almost coming up on spring, which is when they're going to start their marketing push for Sunbreak. And it would almost be like self-sabotaging if at the same time you're teasing another announcement for another Monster Hunter title. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. No, so, a un- month unless, spring still. Un- unless it's they decided to make the marketing campaign early and that thing is going to reveal to be like Sunbreak stuff. Then I could see Did it, you but see I that? But look, it. look at the font, look at the color palette. Yeah, to I've me and that. most Japanese media, everyone's saying, "Oh, it's Resident Evil." It's Resident Evil. Yeah, the the, the texture. It, it looks and feels yeah. very Resident Evil, and it's got the little like the photo blur, like it's not quite in focus. Um, it's yeah. kind of that lower res. It. I I would put my money on a Resident Evil Four remake. Um, because they love putting Resident Evil Four and everything. It's like. It's just one of those games that they they love uh, and other people love as well, I guess. Uh-huh. And they did, what, RE2, RE3 remakes, so it would only make sense. So, yeah, I think... R, or Yeah, that or maybe it's a DLC for Village. Like an expansion or something. Hmm. I don't know, but I, I'm expecting it to be Resident Evil, so I'm not going to be really tracking that. Yeah, I'm not overly concerned about Resident Evil either. So, guys, I wouldn't be expecting the Capcom countdown to be like a big, uh, a big thing in terms of uh, of Monster Hunter. So, you know, just be aware yeah. of that. We'll be happy to be proven wrong, as per usual. We don't really care that much about whether we're wrong or we're right. It's more like, hey, if there's new Monster Hunter stuff, that that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> we're here for it. But um, those were the main topics that I kind of like had to go through. Uh, we've been circling the news and seeing anything that's new. There haven't even been uh, new. PC hasn't caught up with events either, which I thought was kind of weird. I figured by now we'd be caught up with events. Do we know when PC is getting the rest of the events? That uh... I've been so out of the loop. I, I don't know, actually. Yeah. And, and they said February, but I don't know exactly when in February because I've been, I've been waiting because I want to stream those events on PC as well and advance my save a little bit more. But ultimately, there's just you know I'm just like chilling, using my gun lance, long shelling now, just trying stuff out and uh, getting ready for Sunbreak mostly because I still have to do like all of the quests on PC that I haven't done, and I still need to grind some more materials out and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be playing on both. For for pe- people have been asking me, I'm probably going to be pl- end, up, end up playing on both. Like maybe I'll, if there's early access, maybe I'll play the early access on Switch and then stream it on PC. But I don't know, I'll figure it out. But I'm probably going to play mm. on both. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. But um, we have a lot of community topics here to, to go over. Uh, I'm sorry if we don't get to your topic specifically. We pulled a lot of them and I try to pull things that we haven't necessarily talked about in previous podcasts. There might be stuff that we still repeat because, you know, my memory's not all there. I'm 40 years old at this point. I'm way too old. Nah, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so the first one <laughs> comes to us from Rockslim. I'd like you guys to talk about the non-combat aspects of Monster Hunter and where it should go. Does it need to go full survival, like don't starve together? Does the farm need to be more involved like Story of Seasons? Does the story need to be The Witcher? What are we here for and at what point does the farmer survival game get a little bit too much? I mean, Capcom's been, been slowly killing off the survival aspect in each game, so yeah. I think it's pretty clear they're 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 moving towards this is an action action game. 
Yeah. And, and as they do it, sales are getting better and better. So I don't see them pulling back from that at all. So when when the question comes, does it need to go full survival like Don't Starve? Definitely not. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you right now, if it goes full survival like Don't Starve, I will lose a lot of interest in it. Because like Don't Starve is one of those survival games where there's like What's five. Don't Starve? Don't Starve is a 2D game where basically it's all about survival. And it's one of those games that's got like, say, four or five gauges. Like one of them is hunger. The other one's your sanity. The other one's like... And you basically have to constantly scrounge to make sure that all of these bars are full or your character starts going crazy, your character starts losing health. And it's like that. No, I don't want that. That's way too much maintenance for a survival game. I'm not a huge fan of those types of games. So hey, I definitely I'm hope the they one don't... who celebrated the removal of the hot and cold drink. So don't look at me. We're standing on very opposite fields when it comes to I know. that for sure. So but you're on one end, I'm on the extreme other, I think. Yeah, so. it's like, I, I think I think that hot and cold drinks should definitely come back. I think they add to my, my personal immersion. I know that a lot of people disagree with that, but uh, I would like that to come back. And I think that Monster Hunter... Just so you know, I don't disagree with that, by the yeah. way. It does add immersion. I just don't think it's worth the frustration that I get from it. It's a payoff thing. But the, the immersion is fantastic. It's like the oxygen when you're underwater. Like, yes. really good for immersion, but is it worth it? Mm, I don't know. It's debatable. I mean, I'll, what I'll, you like. I'll, I'll give you an example. In Horizon, for instance, you have an oxygen gauge at the very start of the game. And after you do a certain quest, it's like, it's just gone. It's, now you can just breathe into water forever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so it's like, I think that some developers would agree with you. Yeah, this oxygen stuff is annoying. We, we don't want to deal with it. But it's like, um, I don't know. I, I like the additional immersion because it, it always goes down to at which point do you stop, right? It's like, I mean, you can think of, well... Having to eat for stamina, that's boring too. That's maintenance. Having to sharpen my weapon, my weapon, <laughs> my weapon, having to sharpen my, my weapon, that that's that's also the same thing. And and you would probably find people in the community that would be like, well, why don't we get rid of those things as well? And it's like, dude, to me, the the I would I would draw the line there. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but but see, it's it's an easy line to just keep pushing, right? It's like, hey, why? Let's get rid of sharpening. Let's get rid of food. It's like, let's just be devil may cry with monsters. And I, that's that not the said, game that I want. If I still think that there's an opportunity there that Capcom could do a spinoff series, where they focus on, like, make a Monster Hunter MMO. Like, I, maybe they did this in Frontier. I don't know, but like, make a modern day MMO for Monster Hunter. Make it a spinoff. It doesn't have to be the main series. But, like, I keep thinking, like, you have all these craft... Like, imagine you can be a crafter, right, inside of a town, crafting weapons for other hunters. And you can... There's customization things you could do. You can meld parts together. You have multiple monster things. You can have the whole survival thing, the farming thing. Like, it would go really well with MMOs because you need lots of stuff to do. Like, that, I think, would be really cool. And, you know, you can slowly build up villages and stuff like that. Like... But I, I just don't know what the audience size would be for that. But, uh, you know, I think as a spinoff game, it could be a cool idea. Mm. A spinoff game where you're basically the village blacksmith. Or just, you know, just like Monster Hunter 
in a very MMO like lots of different oh so you so you would want in survival and all that kind of stuff so you would want actual players that are hunting as well and then you could yeah. take on the the role of a of a crafter at the same time oh you can do both I don't know you swap between them I don't know but. Mm. I don't know. I just think that there's that it would be an interesting to see, but I just don't. If Dragon's Dogma Online can't even get a lot of people, um, maybe I just think going towards action and story driven for well for dragons is probably you know like it's probably the same for Monster Hunter. I don't. I think it'd be too niche, but uh, I I see a small market for it though. It'd be yeah. cool. So. In terms of it going full survival, both of us agreed. Let's not go full survival to the level of don't starve. Uh, Gaijin's more in line with like, look, the, what Rise is doing is about right. Yeah, I would say. Uh, Rise? For me, uh, yes and no. Because, mm. I mean, yeah. you're like, yeah, get rid of the hot and cold drinks. So Rise yeah, yeah. is kind of like where we're at right now. Yeah. I think. I, I think I'm good with that. I think the sweet spot is actually world. And I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback from this because, and I'm talking world, like even in terms of um, mining stuff, because I feel like with, with rise, just walking past the notes, like book all the, all no, I want, I want the, the investment of actually, no, I want, if I get to a note, I have to like sit there and like tick, tick, tick for a little bit. See, I mean, I, even world is super fast about doing it if you if you compare it oh, to yeah. like say three oh, ultimate or something like that, right? So oh man, the crunchy sound you get when you go into the ores and when you get like the good one and it's like ching, it feels so good in Iceborne yeah. when you're like chunk, yeah, chunk, ching. Exactly, I really like that. So like so, that, that I really enjoyed. Iceborne, I thought that was great, but I'm also, I like the arcadey type experience of Monster Hunter, so to me, I wouldn't want, if there was only Rise and there was no other Monster Hunter, I would want it to go backwards a little bit, but because we have two flavors, I actually embrace the more arcadey feel of Rise. Hmm. I think that's so, how I internalize it. So ideally for you, it would be like, okay, so I want something more in line with Iceborne for the, for the next game, but then the whatever the portable team comes up with, yeah, I want it, that to be more arcadey. Okay. Actually, yeah. I, th I think that would be, I, I could, I could live with that compromise, but ultimately I want the, you know, the, the, the next one, the, the main series one to go yeah. more back to the way that world and Iceborne were with actually, yeah, I agree. Like Immersion. three things, three things to get your pickaxes. Like most of the other stuff you can just pick up as you're running anyways. It's not really a big deal. Um, but yeah, and definitely bring to to me at least definitely bring back hot and cold drinks and you know food and and, and the the whetstones and all of this stuff. Like I want all of that to remain the maintenance aspects of the hunt. And if anything, I would almost want a little bit more. Like one of the things that I would love that's never going to happen because you can't put that that genie back in the bottle is getting rid of supplies, resupplying on field. I would get rid of that. Like, or, or just have like limited supplies that you can ask the guild to take to the camp or something like that. I can live with, I think ideally the best one is the GU system where you would actually ask them to like send the, the drop pods in. I think those were cool. Cause you'd like find them in the map and stuff. It's like, Oh, there's some drop pods. I can get additional items. Like that is a cool way of doing it because that would involve preparation, which is cool. So that's where I land on that. Uh, in terms of the farm, 
I would like a more involved farm like we had back in Free Ultimate. I think that'd be yeah, cool. I'm not a, I, but I think it needs to be optional because I'm willing yeah, to make that concession. So it's like if you min-max the farm like I would want to, then you get more materials. If you don't min-max the farm, you can just have them passively give you stuff anyway, but it will be less than if you do engage with the farm. So it's like the players that don't want to do it don't have to. The players that do want to do it get a couple of more materials and they get to engage more in the preparation aspect. I don't think it needs to be too detailed, but you know, just something in line with what we had in Free Ultimate I think would be really nice. So that you can actually see like your your palicos work in the fields and stuff and you get a couple actually, of you know mining notes want. there. I, I'm curious how you feel about this. I want mini games in my Monster Hunter. Yes, like, some of the things I've always enjoyed is like the, the, quest, the palico mini games and stuff. There's a question specifically about mini games. I'm sorry to interrupt. There's there's a specific mini game question, so so we'll get there. We'll talk about mini games. As okay, well. okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's in terms of like you know farm and stuff. That's where we stand. Uh, in terms of the story, does the story need to be The Witcher? No. As a matter of fact, I don't want. No. No, I don't no, want. No, no, no. I don't ever want Monster Hunter to be like a deeply cinematic story experience. I want the story to be fine. there. Yeah, I want the story to be there as a vehicle to kind of like drive us from quest to quest, but not something where it's like, oh, we we need to justify why we are attacking this. It's like, no, listen, it's, it's the no. balance. It's for the it's for the good of the environment. Okay, that we're th- this- hunting monsters. Yeah, That's all you need to know. Exactly. It's like, look, th- we got to get rid of this creature because it, some farmer had to run away from it and tripped in the rocks or something. And now he's got a broken arm because he was running away from this creature. And now we have to go and we have to put it down because it's a dangerous creature. Yeah, like that. That's all the to reasoning that's, you got to give me. To me, that's Capcom's strength. Like if you look yeah. back at the other games and their IP, like all the games I've enjoyed of theirs, they're so out there. And there's again, I, I use the term arcadey, and I I don't know if that's right, but everything feels just really slapstick fun. It just it's a game. Like yeah. Devil May Cry is basically that concept times a thousand. But even stuff like Resident Evil, it's like they're not trying to explain everything. It's like it's a video game. Like yeah. it's okay. We don't have to explain the stuff. And I think when they go a little zany, that's when they do their best work. So yeah, I wouldn't wanna. And and as it. a matter of fact, when when a game is like too deep into the story uh, unless they do a really good job of like telling you here are the replayable things it's like if they lock too many things behind uh, story aspects and you have to go through cinematics then it actually makes it less replayable the more you lock behind a story the more it makes it less replayable and I'm saying this as we were talking about 14 where like everything is locked behind story but you do get to a point where it's like look the story is done and now here's all the repeatable activities that you can do and but yeah I, I don't I don't need like a huge mind-blowing story for Monster Hunter I just want a couple of cool set pieces and then just send me yep. off to the races to, to murder a couple of monsters so yep. Give yeah. me some nice set piece, me. Give me some nice waifu, some husbando, and yeah. some cute cats, and throw me in there with some funny scenes, and we're all good. Pretty much good. So next we have, um, it's actually two questions that I grouped together. One's from Mr. Fahrenheit, another one from EUUX, and they're saying, I'm curious what you guys' thoughts are about this, but going a bit into the whole difficulty topic in gaming in general, 
What do you think is the relationship between a game's difficulty and people's enjoyment of it? Do you think we've reached the point where only difficult games can hold people's attention or the other way around? And then UUX builds on that and says, is Rise an enjoyable game? There have been plenty of event quests, but only some are worth playing through ramping up difficulty artificially by increasing Marsh's health and damage, showing heavy bias towards powerful weapons such as bow and longsword. <laughs> while the less power, popular and powerful weapons wallow in the shadows and the less than hopeful expedition sunbreak. Okay, so on the EUUX part, it's like, look, I play Gunlands. Like, it's literally the weakest weapon and I can do any content in the game. So I don't think that we necessarily wallow in the shadows. And I feel like a lot of the times people get mad at me because I meme so much on Longsword. I hope people understand. I don't care if you play Longsword. Like, I'll meme on it and I'll joke on it because it's really powerful. I don't actually care that much play your long sword play your bows play whatever weapon you want whatever is fun for you but um in terms of the difficulty aspect i think it depends from person to person uh depends on what you are looking for in the game not everyone is looking for uh the most difficult things which i think one of the good things that they did in rise uh with the akuma quest is that you can do it with the easy rajang and get the akuma skin and not have to worry about or it if you're, or go for the big boy or go for the beefy Rajang that's going to basically destroy you repeatedly, um, you know, depending on how good you are at the game or what weapon you're using and whatnot. But um, it, it, again, it depends from person to person. Some people want to go in and they just want to, you know, have a reasonable experience. Some people want to go in and they want to be challenged. It also depends from game to game. Like there are games where I want to be more challenged. There are other games that I just want to enjoy the story. So... Again, there's a huge spectrum when it comes to that. Uh, and the specifics of Monster Hunter, for me, I want to try and do the most challenging thing that it, there is to do. And if I can't do it, like this was something that I actually almost thought I wasn't going to be able to with Fatalis. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to kill Fatalis. I, I don't know. This thing seems so friggin' hard. But if I don't kill it, I'll be fine with it because I think it's a really good thing to kind of like aspire to. Like, that's cool. But I like the the challenging stuff, but, you know, on certain games, I won't go as hard into the challenging stuff. What about you? Yeah, and I mean, I don't see a reason why in modern game design and budgets that you would have to choose between the two. I think they could have in content that is playable by the vast majority of their key audience and still have things that are difficult like for the core, like the hardcore players, there's no reason why they can have both. Like you said, like there's ways to, to work it in. Yeah. Um, but I think the baseline is basically if I have to engage, if a player has to engage in a, a system and a grind or something, uh, it takes effort to do something. They need to feel that there's a payoff. And as long as there's enough to make it, okay, I feel I'm happy. I went through the effort to make this. I feel like I'm happy I meant through the effort of making this weapon. I feel like it's helped me. As long as you get that feeling, I think you're fine. Like some people require more. Some people require good quest rewards. Everyone's different. So yeah. me personally, as long as I feel that I'm not wasting my time, like doing something like I did it and it's like completely pointless, I'm just there for the hunt. So like as long as the hunts are fun, I, I don't even need them to be hard. Like, I would, if they took away the health, like put it this way, I'm not saying to do this because, because I enjoy Monster Hunter how it is now, 
But if they said, okay, I'm sorry, but we have a quest against this cool monster. It's a really fun fight mechanically, but you can't die. Like you don't have a health gauge. You can't I get hit. I still no. Well, you can get hit, but you just can't die. So you have a health like, gauge. There's just no but health. You you don't no, have no health cards. gauge. You, just, you get hit. Oh you just, yeah, you can't cart. I'm, I'm you get confused. knocked around, but so, you but can't it, fail what, the quest. Why don't you have a health gauge though? That's weird. I'm just no. I'm just saying, like, if you take away the health gauge and you can see you can get hit as many times as you want, it doesn't matter. That's oh. basically taking away the difficulty, so to say. But you still have to get in the ring and do the dance, right, in order to get out your hits. I don't even think that the difficulty of the dying is even a necess- that necessary of a, an element for me to enjoy Monster Hunter. I, it's the dance between me and the monster. It's them doing a big attack, me being able to not get hit by it and to do my combos, and we're both trading blows and knocking each other on the ground. Like, that's fun. See, one, one of the points that you touched on was the whole thing about if people are getting rewarded, because this is a feeling that a lot of people have been echoing when it comes to Rise. They just don't feel that a lot of the quests are rewarding because like, oh, here's a sticker, here's a, a pose or something, and people want new weapons, new armor. And and here's the thing. I think that there's a, a very fine line to walk when it comes to that stuff because, yes, I think it's important that it'd be cool to have new armors, particularly for the Apexes and stuff like that, I don't necessarily need that motivation to go into the quest. And as a matter of fact, if the armors are just flat out better, I actually would rather what they did with Rise. And again, this is going to be something I'm going to get a lot of pushback on. But it's like, look, I don't want to get into another situation where it's like, here's the Fatalis armor, which literally makes every other armor in the game completely worthless. I never want to see that again. Like, I think it's good when they give you alternate playstyles. Like, oh, here's this armor that is really good if you want to use the blast element. Here's this armor that is really good if you want to use the ice element. But it's Bring like back negative skills. Negative skills is also really good. Bring thing. them back. I, I think I negative skills back. were cool. Yeah, definitely. I think negative skills are really cool having to balance those out. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like I don't mind not having uh, a reward at the end of the quest if the quest. The whole point fun. of the quest is to be challenging, which is what they've did with the Apex Emergencies. And a lot of people don't yeah. like those quests. And it's like, that's the best part about those quests is that if you don't like them, you don't have to do them. You don't have, because you don't, you don't get an, a special armor for doing it. You don't get like a, a special thing. It's just like, it's just there for people like me that want to go in and just take on the challenge and whatever, right? And I think that's cool. And if anything, I want to see more of those. It'd be cool if they give you other rewards. Like I, I think that a lot of the Apex Emergency Quests give you tons of materials and stuff for melding mm. and whatnot, which are really valuable. I don't actually I don't you know. You know what know. they should bring back? They should bring back, well, not in the grindy way that they did it, but I love the idea in Generations Ultimate where if you beat the really hard monster, you unlocked a special coloring for your weapon or your armor that or for your for your armor that was a special palette of that monster. You mean the like the, that, EX, I, the deviant EX fights, right? Yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. Like this idea of you're taking like imagine if you're taking down an apex monster and your reward is that you can now color coat you can glamour your armor with that specific texture or color, something special that is from that monster. That would be cool. Hmm. You know? That that to me would be enough because face it, fashion is 
a very big part of Monster Hunter. Fashion, fashion is the end game, or you know, th this is total. You're being influenced by 14 right now, where glamour is the true end game, and you know it. <laughs> uh huh. But uh, they kind of it could just be it could just be a dye even. Yeah. Imagine if like certain color dyes drop from certain monsters, like that would motivate you to go out there and try to do it. They they did something similar to that in World with um with Extreme Auth, where if you beat Extreme Auth, you would get uh the layered armor of um of Drachen, Drachen set as layered. That was the only way of getting it. I mean, that or NPC you could mod it in, but <laughs> it's like I thought. I thought that was a good achievement. It's like no, you beat Extreme Auth, you get the title of Warrior of Light, and you get the Drachen set. So there's no actual power gains from defeating him, but there are things that show that you've achieved that, which is cool. So next one comes to us from Keldrake, and uh, he's asking about underwater combat in Monster Hunter <laughs> again. It keeps, it keeps coming up. Uh, I think both of us have said at this point that it's like we're you you really want it, right? You really want underwater combat because you play yeah. And plants. I think that's the holy grail. If they can make it accessible, I think that is the next big thing. Yeah. If they can make underwater, that's easy to do and fun. That's perfect. I love it, even if it, like the old system. I just the immersion of being there underneath the dark caverns the changing of the audio because you're deep under the water the huge monsters that have the territorial advantage there's so much monster hunter there you know i i've, I've kind of come around on this concept the the thing for me is all about the implementation when it comes to the underwater like i'd be okay i don't think underwater is something that would come in something like sunbreak particularly because it's more about verticality no. and wire bugs and yeah i don't think that's going to be a thing in sunbreak but um, if the next the next big entry, if they do choose to do underwater, to me the biggest thing is I just feel like each weapon will need to have a different move set from when yeah. they're underwater, like a completely I would, I agree. unique move no, set. Unique. And um, one of the things that I th I think it was Super Rad who said this on Twitter, he, it was it was on Twitter or in, or in a video or something. He said that it's like it just has to translate the weapon's uniqueness to the underwater yeah. aspect as well. So it's uh, like... Because I'm thinking like if they had unique actions, imagine yes. being able to swing the hammer and it helps like push you forward yeah, really like fast. Yeah, like, like Thor. Like Thor, you know. dude, just like, woo! It's <laughs> like, yeet yourself yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to use the weapons in unique ways Yeah, and and in like for instance, the, water. the best mobility underwater should definitely go to the insect lave because you have the little compressed air puffs that he does with it. He goes like, poof, poof. He <laughs> can just like go faster than everybody else with the insect lave. I think that'd be cool. With the gun lens, I'd be able to blast dash. I'd just propel myself towards the most. <laughs> like, that's cool. So it's like so long as they nail it in a way where it feels different, but it doesn't feel clunky which I think is one of the things that happened in 3 Ultimate is a lot yeah. of weapons underwater were clunky. Well, it was the same moveset, right? And they were not yeah. meant they were not meant for underwater. So and that's why the Lance was like, okay, I'm spoiled because my moveset just happens to work really good underwater. Yeah. So it's like easy mode. So yeah, definitely we're cool with it and so long as they work it out in a way that each weapon gets unique movesets underwater so that it works for the underwater combat. 
but we'll see mm. if they implement it or not in the big in the next big iteration. Then we have one from Obsidian Wing One. How's it going with you guys outside of gaming? How's life really? <laughs> How's life, Gatchin? On the back burner. <laughs> so if I sound a little out of it in this podcast, it's because I've literally slept. I want to say maybe five hours in the last three, four days. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Um, I don't have a life. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I, That's I, exactly I, why I'm not going to be doing Elden Ring when it comes out because I need a break. I've claimed Gaijin's life when I got him addicted to, to Final Fantasy fourteen. I got his soul. It's like I'm like Shang Tsung. Your soul is yeah, mine. He's mine. <laughs> Uh, and me, on the other hand, um, is like I've just been struggling a little with uh, with my kids in school because uh, he's struggling to learn how to read and write. That's the struggles of when you act, when your kids start reaching a certain um, level, a certain level, a certain age. <laughs> yeah, my See, kids, my kids level gamified. seven. Yeah, my kids level seven, and now yeah. he's, he's he's trying to learn the RPG skill of reading you're trying, and writing. You're trying to get him to do his job quest, but he keeps going around killing. Ladybugs. Yeah, he's doing. He keeps doing side quests instead of doing his job quest, and I, I'm I'm trying to like set him straight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta do your you do your daily you know challenge log. You gotta do your tasks. Out outside of gaming, that's been pretty much my life. It's the struggle of trying my best to teach my my child how to how to read and write, and it's been a real struggle because he really struggles with it. But you know, it is what that it and is. And I've been in. This is going to sound totally random, but for younger people who listen to this, because I know a lot of people are like half our age, floss and brush like brush your teeth. Yes, floss daily. Go to the damn dentist twice a year. <laughs> I'm not joking, because dentistry in Japan is not the best, um, and I was afraid dude, to go because no, of some no, bad no. experiences. Dude, you've told me about your dentistry experience where they have like a friggin' sci-fi chair. They oh, sit you down. Nice. They the scan everything. The one I found is nice. Is, yeah, exactly. Dude, no, listen. But most <laughs> dentists here are you're not spoiled. good. They're all... You're spoiled yeah. with that dentist you're going to. All I'm saying is, is like, I had some bad experiences at dentists in my life, so I thought, well... As long as I floss and I brush religiously, then I won't get cavities. <laughs> they don't work like that. You got to go and get the plaque or whatever taken off your teeth because it will eventually eat through and rot it. Like, it's just how it works. You, it, we're, we're so, like, I perfect. neglected it. Go, go ahead. No, I neglected it going to the dentist for years, but I was a religious flosser and, and brusher didn't matter and now i'm paying the price because i've been going and getting every week going there's new cavity a new cap a new i I think you're getting scammed dude i think i think they're it's like microtransactions in video games they're cleaning you out dude (laughs) no but um it's well yeah i've been a lot of pain because it's been a lot of dentistry but this is the price i pay for not going so like i my advice everybody is don't don't do the same thing like get your your standard cleaning because there's certain things that they can take off that you can't do it now rather than later (laughs) 
I'm very, I'm very slackish when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, I, I don't know about that, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I take his advice for sure. Don't be like me. I don't, I don't go to the dentist often. And the, the one thing that I did, which Gadget has been going for like four procedures, some I did in one go. It's- I was just like, make a hole in my teeth, fill it with silly putty, slap me in the ass, and get me out the door. I'm good. <laughs> Hey, dude, it's been going like this for like three years. That tooth's still doing great. <laughs> Not really a problem so far. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. But the, yeah, that's been our lives. It's like not necessarily the most exciting. Getting things. old. Getting <laughs> not necessarily old. the most exciting things outside of gaming, guys. It's just like, you know, just living life, trying to be responsible. Yeah, uh, unhealthy habits. Next up, I have a question that only you can answer. I have no idea what this is. Um, Toasty mm-hmm. says, maybe you guys can talk about the treasure hunt mode from the PSP titles and if it could be a meaningful addition to the Monster Hunter franchise as it is right now. The hell's the treasure hunt mode? Huh? Treasure hunt mode from the PSP titles. You don't know what it is. Sorry, Toasty. We have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I I suspect it's one of the Palico minigames, but that is still in the game. It's just like in Rise, it's the submarines. In it's the submarine. No, it's not the submarines. In Rise, it's the meowsenaries. In uh, in World, it was the what are they called? The raiders, riders. I forget the. You know, you'd send out your Palicos and they'd go get stuff. But treasure hunt mode. I have no idea what so, he's okay, talking So, okay, so this has to be a Freedom Unite thing because I that's not something that I did. Oh, you didn't uh, Freedom play Freedom Unite? Well, I I played through it a, quite a bit just like just doing like the main, you know, quest yeah. play, just to experience it. And that was it. Like I didn't I didn't really engage with that game hardcore and I think that might be what it is. It says there's a thing called Treasure Quest in Freedom Unite. Uh, he's found in the gathering hall. He asks you to gather stuff, and then he gives you stuff for it. I don't, I don't know the system. I'm sorry. So yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we maybe. don't know what the treasure hunt mode is. Uh, I got another one here from Vilkus. What do you guys think about Rampage quests and Rise? Should they return in Sunbreak, Elevated, or introduce a new type of quest, or maybe even a siege? So one of the things that I will say is like. I don't think that Rampage is making a, at least from a story standpoint, I don't think that Rampage makes sense to come back in Sunbreak because yeah, the, Rampage was caused, from, from a lore perspective, Rampage was caused by uh, Narwa and Ibushi, right? And their undying love for one another. And that is what is causing it. And we beat those you two. You mean we hunger, right? The yeah, hunger yeah, for each the, other. The, well, the hunger, for... the thirst. You know, it's like the you thirst. got you got Ibushi, the eternal simp, and Narwa. Yep. <laughs> no. She just want to eat. She just want to get Delicacies. fed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I agree. We talked about this actually the other podcast, but I don't, I don't think that I think Rampage was a fun experiment. Yeah, I think it was interesting. Uh, but I don't see from both a lore standpoint and also just engagement. I don't see them leaning much into it in Sunbreak. Yeah, I, I think I think it's important for people to not be overly negative on it. It's like, look, you can say something like, "I don't like Rampage," but and I'm not the biggest fan of Rampage either. Like, I think it's it, it was an okay thing to do in between hunts every now and then, and it's actually I really one of. It. 
it, it's one of the one of the activities that I think is much more fun if you get more people in because you just destroy everything. But even solo, like like I said, you have to almost want to lose a rampage in order to lose it. You have to try hard to lose it almost. So it wasn't challenging enough. Um, and you know, in terms of should they elevate it or introduce new type of quests or maybe a siege, I think we're probably going to be seeing sieges. I think we're going to see some yeah. different form of sieges for Sunbreak. I think that would make sense. Unless they're going to come up with a reason as to, oh no, there's a different kind of rampage in Sunbreak, at which point it's just going to be like, okay, this for starters, doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a story standpoint. No. And on top of it, it was not that great in Rise, so either do it really, really well, or you probably shouldn't have bothered with it. So I, I don't think that Rampage is coming back, but we'll we'll see if that is the case or not. But Siege, I'd, I could see a Siege, like particularly in terms of a Siege, I, I mean, I don't know if you'd consider Duran Moran a Siege, but that's the one that you and me always talk about. It's like Duran Moran would be great. Uh, it'd be great to see friggin' um, What's his face? Atal Cobb? Spectacle Hunt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people people were talking about... People were asking for my opinion on the Lamador, and I'm like, I've never fought the Lamador. Sorry. Lamador <laughs> is a set... Listen, it's a set piece monster. It's fun. It's it's exciting, but it's not challenging at all. If, um, Yuna if, didn't even come close to Cardi when she faced it, and it was her first time. If Capcom acquiesces to the demands of Super Rad and they release a remaster, I'll play for you and I'll fight the Lamadur and all the other things, but emulation is not See, a particularly I, interesting thing for me and I'm yeah, not going to I want to do a poll. I want to ask people. Everyone has great memories of Dalamadur because it was a set piece hunt, right? And there was one it was the it was the Superman tutorial monster. If you didn't know how to Superman dive, <laughs> You were wiping. Um, but it was just fun because it was so, it, it felt heroic and adventurous. And it was visually very cool. But Shad Delamander took it up a level. I'm curious how many people actually engaged with its subspecies a lot because that is more of a challenge and that is more of a hunt. And my guess is the majority of people are like, oh, yeah, it was cool. I did it a few times. I think most people are are talking about the memories they have of the first Alamander, oh. and I think it's it comes down to spectacle and mechanics um, than it is the actual hunt. Like if you if you gave me wire bugs, unless they completely reworked that hunt, it's it's broken. It would be boring as hell. Because huh. the mean, whole idea was you know being able, the the commitment of like I'm going to climb up this crag so I can attack his hand. Because this is where he's positioned, because he's this huge set piece monster. If I could just zip around, like it would be pointless. But I mean, if they give it like the Fatalis treatment, could be interesting. Maybe like, I, I, I love the monster. Like fight. it's yeah, big big snick. Yes, big snick. <laughs> we have one here from T Fransk where he says, and I'm I'm gonna rework this question. His question was, what do the non-obvious skills in Rise do? And when would I want them? Well, let me tell you something. For starters, the best one is the um, the jumping. No, wait, what was it called? Vagistance? Jump master. No, jump master is the best skill. <laughs> <You don't... laughs> 
That's a meme. Ignore it. So, so, so let me tell you right now. Okay, the jump master skill. Never use that. It's terrible. It's worthless. It's I. I don't know why it's there. I definitely don't know why it's a tier three skill. Nobody knows why it's considered the tier three skill. It's a terrible skill. I mean, friggin' uh, two six nine in paradise tested it out, and it was. It's basically brace for when you're in the air, except it doesn't work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you can just get brace and <laughs> there you go but like yeah no the 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 one thing that i wanted to rework this into is like what are skills that people would probably not normally use and that you think is like one of the skills that people you know because you have the meta sets you got your expertise your weakness exploit your crit boost all of that stuff that people use all the time so if you could pick like one skill that you would be like okay so this is a skill that is not used as much but it's a really good skill. Which one would it be? And I'll tell you mine to start with. Partbreaker. Partbreaker. <laughs> Partbreaker so much. I love it. It's, it's like it's a skill that doesn't give you a direct advantage in terms of dealing damage. But it, I just like breaking stuff. And I love hearing. I live for the sound. So if I could give you a non-obvious skill that I think is really fun to use and that I tend to use in most of my sets, it would be that. Another one uh, is probably Wirebug. Not a lot of people probably use Wirebug, I would imagine. I don't know. It depends on the weapon. The reason I use Wirebug is um, if I'm doing Hail Cutter so that I can just spam Wyvern Fires or uh, even on regular Gunlands, I've been using Wirebug because I get Guardage faster and Guardage recovers faster than regular blocks. So, like if you do a move and then you try to block, you can block faster if you guard edge, so wire bug becomes like super massive for gun lines. Mm. I guess if I had to pick two, let's say. Um one feels like it's it's it, I think because of Iceborne, it's now a popular skill, but it never used to be, even though it's always been a killer skill, which is stun re stun resistance. Yes. Stun resistance. Like most people die because they are stunned. Particularly, it is such a good skill. Particularly in Apex Zenogre. A lot of people, they will yeah. die because they get the shock debuff and then they get stunned and then Zenogre just like destroys them. So if you have stun Ooh. resistance, that goes a long way. It's also very useful for Kirin because it just negates mm. the Kirin stun. So like very, very good skill. Very underrated. Yeah, stun resistance for sure. <laughs> what? I need sleep. I just, I when you said the you Kirin stun, I was thinking of like some like you know, like middle-aged, irate, white lady in a Walmart screaming, and I've got the Karen, the Karen stun. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> I should put that in the title of the pod. The Karen stun. <laughs> I want to see the manager. <laughs> oh, I didn't bring stun resistance. <laughs> the Karen I stun. The second one, I thought everyone used it, and then I realized in, after reading a lot of posts that a lot of people think that it's not good, but I live by it, which is Power Prolonger uh, for Switch Axe and Insect Life. Okay. It is like, uh, like, well, I can easily grab three bugs. Yes, I can also grab three extracts very fast. But let me tell you, there's something incredibly liberating and fun and just easier and just better when you don't have to worry about it at all. Hmm. Because there's always those weird, wonderful opportunities when you get a really good moment to punish and you just, it blinks and you run out. And you're like, no! 
Same thing with switch hacks. Like your best feel good moments are when you're jamming away in amp state. And when that goes away too fast, yeah, I can get it back, especially if I'm playing like a dragon or poison file type, but like higher prolonger level three is so good. Um, I will, I never take it off. See Gaijin, I would use power prolonger, but for some strange reason, Capcom did not apply power prolonger to ground splitter. So therefore, it doesn't actually do anything for gun lances. Even though gun lances have a buff that goes away when you sheath your weapon, and I can't prolong that buff for some strange reason. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. I would use power prolong. I thought about it. Like, I, there was, um, even recently when I was going back to BC, I was like, hey, you know what? I could use power prolonger to extend ground splitter. And then I realized, no, actually I can't because you can't do it <laughs> it's like, oh, and, and, and i guess i have to add this but me and you have been praising this skill since the day we started our podcast which i still there's a lot of people who sleep on it which is a vade extender oh dude yes <laughs> like it is like it depends on the weapon it depends on how you play but a vade extender to me is a killer skill like i use it on switch axe and oh my lord is it good and let me tell you guys the secret that i think that maybe some people don't know about still which is uh if you've watched me on my stream then you see that the way that i move with the wire bugs is like i'll throw the wire bug and then immediately after i'll throw the wire bug like after my character's got maximum distance i'll hit uh a or circle or if you're on an xbox b i have to think about all the different configurations now because of the pc but like you basically press the left faceplate uh, the right faceplate button you, and you press a button you press the button and your character like hangs on the on the, yeah, the yeah. wire bug and he gets a little bit of momentum forward and then you press you do a little b. parkour jump then you then you press uh, the 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 and, bottom and you get the flung button. into eternity. It's and like does, someone just yeah. He, he does the little the the little flip thing afterwards. So basically, the idea is this gives you a lot of momentum, and that little roll that you do in the air is affected by affected a Vade extender. By... So if you have a Vade extender three, you're gonna move a lot more forward momentum than someone who doesn't. So there, not only yeah. there's bonuses in dodging the monsters, there's also bonuses to traversal, which is why, like, even my um, gathering sets, they have a Vade Extender 3, so that I'm just, oh, like, yeah, wire bugging, flinging myself through the whole damn map. So, yeah. It's really great. Vade Extender 3, baby. Super awesome. Okay, but that's uh, some non-obvious skills in Rise. Uh, next we have uh, Alex Monster Hunter asks, your impressions on Nintendo Direct from last week. Did you get anything that you cared about from the Nintendo Direct? I don't think so, no. Xenoblade hey, Chronicles lot, there was, 3. <laughs> there, was a lot of, there was a lot of games shown, so I'm yeah. sure there was good stuff in there. But, like, one, I have not been... I've been so obsessed with yeah, 14, Final Fantasy 14 that, like, I didn't care so much and i know that's that sunbreak is going to be my life from yeah you know whenever it's out so i just i wasn't looking for anything so it's like okay there's games that's cool so guys and i'm gonna need to cash in some more of those uh trust checks no that I, that I left you with you. <laughs> no because now now you're in the minus you how uh, how am i in the minus i thought final fantasy 14 was good what do you mean yeah you ruined my you ruined my life for two months my daughter hasn't had a father <laughs> it's like she's she's had a of no parents at home well i mean my you sleep have, schedule has gotten listen, bad 
you have my plenty cholesterol of time. has gone up. You have you 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 have plenty of time to be a father until September, and then September you're gonna play Xenoblade. <laughs> I I still say it's a horrible thing, but it it's the same thing with dating. Like yes, appearances don't really matter because in the end we're all gonna be old men and women anyways, and it's what's in, on the inside that counts. But there is a certain part of what gets you to get into to, to meet not get into somebody. God, that sounds wrong. Holy uh, crap. <laughs> there's. There's, uh, there's, um, <laughs> sleep deprived gaijin is best gaijin. Jesus. <laughs> this is a adult themed podcast. <laughs> like it to the the instigating event yes. that causes two people to run into each other is usually a visual, uh, a visual, uh, a yes. visual? is that the right word? Yes. A visual attraction. Yes. So I feel nothing. I kind of look at Zeno and it's just not my, I don't like that art style. To me, it's just, it's a turnoff. Here's and I don't the thing. want to, I don't Zeno, want to approach. Zeno 3 looks different from Zeno 2, which Zeno 2 is the one that you don't like. Yeah, but I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, I don't feel anything. And I was like, okay, cool. There's going to be a lot of happy people. I've heard it's a very good game. We'll see. Good. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Delay the gra- I have to get to work now, guys. This is how this works. It was it was the same no. thing with fourteen. I have to, I have to massage the idea. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's the Nintendo Direct. I mean, I know that triangle strategy or whatever. They also showed some footage of that I think the demo came out of it. I might check that out later. But uh, yeah, that that I'm interested in. But can I throw I some shade at Nintendo though? I'm I'm pissed off at them right now. There we go. Well, I'm always pissed off, but. Did you see they announced that they're going to be uh, shutting down the eShop for 3DS and Wii U? Okay, Wii U, whatever. But then again, it's not costing them that much money to have that store up. But 3DS, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, 3DS is insane that they are shutting down. It's like even that announcement alone is going to burn down their, their prospective sales on that console. And people are going to start like. Why do they get away with this shit? It's just I don't. People really need. It's like if I, I, the whole idea was like, like over... okay, like making independent games or making, you know, like um, more niche titles became more possible thanks to the digital revolution. That you didn't have to pay all the costs to do the manufacturing. You could just release your game on the the eShop, and it doesn't cost them that much money. Come on um to to manage those servers because they're still keeping up the servers anyways because they legally have to let you be able to re-download games that you bought it makes so the me... only thing that they're they just don't want to pay what transaction fee contracts Wait, with they're legally american obligated? express and visa they're legally obligated to keep the the store up so that you can download i would assume the i would assume bought. there's a term in which they would have to do it because every other that, store it's... well why would they keep it up yeah exactly why not just Even, shut down the but store? they do yeah, they don't. They they keep they always all these services keep the thing like well if you purchased it we gotta let you download redownload it but you can't buy anything new. It's gonna, I'm like it's probably that's going so to be stupid. only for a certain amount of years I would imagine. Yeah, it's not but be then forever. you get like was it credit card payment like contracts? They don't want to pay Visa and Mastercard for okay. We'll just go e points, you know, and like and just change it so it's gift card only. Like I don't know. I just. I don't like the idea of them shutting down. Yeah, it's like I was I was looking because I still think the 3ds is relevant. So yeah, I, I was looking the I just looked up the sales for it, and as of March 31st last year, 
the so it's like almost a year ago at this point uh they had sold 75 million units and this is like march last year probably since then i would estimate another five million units at least would have probably been sold because you know pandemic people are stuck home Maybe not five million, but like you know, another good one or two million probably of souls. Like maybe seventy-seven million consoles are out there, and this is just like the ones that we know of. So if you round it up for you know potentially like some retail sales that are not being accounted for, or some stuff like that, you're probably talking in somewhere in the vicinity of like eighty million consoles out there that a lot of people are still playing today. And yeah, I think it sucks. And yeah. it, and it, it always brings up the whole thing about game preservation because, like, I mean, to yeah. me, this is a big deal because, like, for instance, there's a game that I love and that is only available on the Wii U, which is Xenoblade Chronicles X. Like, they never ported that game out of that system, and it's potentially my favorite game in that system. And it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> I have to I have to research the dates because I don't want to sound like I'm misspeaking. So, like, do your own research, guys. But I did see someone post something like they did something even worse, which is they announced like, okay, we're going to be shutting down the stores like next whatever, like December or next year or whatever. But then I guess in the fine print, like they're actually shutting down the payments and your ability to purchase before that date even comes. So like you may not have as much time as you think you may have to, to buy games digitally if you are into that type of thing. And I just... Man, that's just yeah. couple that with like their recent like okay we're going to have exclusive windows limited availability for a digital game like the mario thing that they did that's so shady and stupid like make it I, make it, it an not nft while me. you're at it yeah. just make it, it an nft su- <laughs> it will not surprise me if nintendo tries nfts because at this point oh, i'm just kind of like i'm just kind of like what is really like is that that Listen, I don't know if it's just it's it's incompetency or greed or stupidity. I don't know. Listen, Banshee showed up in my stream the other day, and she gave me the best definition for NFTs that I've ever heard of. No fucking thanks. I mean, that's a good one too, but no, it was uh, non-functional testicles. I was like, that's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> non-functioning testicles. I'm like, that's that's per- that's the perfect definition of NFTs. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, I need to get that off to my chest because I yeah. read that this morning and it, that upset it's, me. It's it's very frustrating. It, again, it, this is one of the reasons, guys, by the way, why I like physical media so much. And nowadays, physical media doesn't mean nearly as much because, you know, there's day one patches for everything. Yeah. And, you know, that like, for instance, to, to give you guys an idea, like Forbidden West, I've played uh, the version before the day one patch and it had a couple of issues that the day one patch addressed, which means that if somebody gets like the physical version and they don't update it, their experience, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot rougher than people who get that day one patch. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. So um, next we have uh, Danny asking about minigames idea on the village slash hub for Sunbreak and future Monster titles, which is the minigames that you were talking about. Now look, me... Huge fan of the minigames in Monster Hunter, particularly the one for Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. That was the most fun one for me because it was actually, it's almost like a little JRPG thing where you'd have like this rock, paper, scissors system of like yellow beats, red, red beats. It's almost like the the friggin' Fire Emblem games, right? 
and you'd pick the, the the certain amount the certain type of palico to go on the quest and then you would pick the attacks that they would use while they were going on like that was cool that was a good cool game the one with the cannon from generations ultimate not nearly as interesting and the raiders and meow scenarios that we got for world and iceborne is just like not interesting at all like i'll do it but it's not interesting because it's just like well, it's okay not, it's not a game yeah, it's not, it's not a game. It's just like you send these out and they'll bring things to you. Like, I want the minigames It's mini not a minigame. I want minigames. I want... Why don't we have a minigame that's... Op- like, make it optional so you don't have to do it, I guess. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, in Portable 3rd, they had, like, the mining where you had, like, a you send the cats into the mine. Can you imagine if there's, like, an optional minigame of just, like, the, the cat miners... The miners or whatever they'll call it, miners. You get to you get to play as the cats, and you go in there with like you can have like weapon upgrades for your pickaxe. You go in there and you're like ding ding ding. And there's like fun mini games with hitting stuff. Like that would be fun. So, or just so you're farming mini games. So you're talking like I want to go. You're not deep. even talking like about like uh, something like I was talking about the little JRPG thing of picking. You're talking about actual like a 3D level where you're going in with the palicos and mining stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> we need mini games. There's too many cute themes and there's too many fun themes in the atmospheres that they make. Why aren't we interacting with the village more with through mini games? Like they made a great yes. atmosphere. I completely so agree. I don't I, they can be they can be simple arcadey little things like just you know, like n- press not, button not, fast or time it right or just something stupid and fun, but just embrace the minigame. Here's the thing, not even like they can be, it's like they should be. Like little fun like arcadey things to do in between the hunt. Like, I think that would yeah. be really cool. Again, it needs to be optional so that if, if you don't want to engage with it, you don't have to, which I kind of feel like in in for, in for Ultimate and stuff, like those felt optional. Very much like yeah. Meow Scenarios in Rise is optional. You don't have to do Meow Scenarios. You get some bonus materials, but at the end of the day, it's whatever. So it's like it, it needs to be optional, but it also needs to be an actual minigame. Like what they've done for Rise and World is a huge disservice to, to that that's just, particular That's just system. a menu thing. Yeah. It's just, that's just a, a small cutscene. Not even a cutscene. That's like a small transition that you get through a menu. That's not even a, yeah. that's not a game. Yeah, and and those yeah, I, and those animations are so gorgeous. Like if you look at the world one where they're jumping off of the balloon and whatnot, like, oh let's go! Like it's really cool. Like why don't they have a cooking game where you your feline helps out the chef and you do a fun little cute game? And if you do it, maybe it gives you like a plus ten percent activation rate or something, or just something dumb and fun. Like yeah. just like I would be so for it. And and again, that. you can you can skip it by using like the the ticket or Tickets whatever or the, the voucher order, yeah. ticket, and you just skip that whole thing. And it's like, no, I just I just want the food maximum. Boom, go. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like there should be more mini games like that. And some people might think, oh, is it really worth the development effort? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Because again, it adds immersion, it adds cuteness, it gives you know not every player not every player chases the same thing. And, you know, I, I think that this is an important aspect for sure. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, we're going to we're gonna wrap up on the next uh, question here because Gaijin's about yeah. to fall asleep. I can see it in his face. <laughs> He's really struggling. Like, I have plenty of more questions, but we'll wrap it up here and we'll try to do some more questions next time. But this one is from Maddie Daddy Fatty. For people that started with World or Rise, do you think it's worth really pushing forward in the older games? Personally, he's trying three ultimate. If the first 25 hours haven't been exactly fun, 
Does it click eventually or has the newer speed and stuff killed my chances of enjoyment? Specifically with Gunlance, I get stomped because it takes longer to lift the shield after an attack than what I'm used to. Yep. Trying other weapons I think, I think too. he went back too far. He might have gone back too far. This is also yeah, coming I think from... There's... Wait, let, let me just finish. This is also coming from yeah. enjoying Gen U a lot. So yeah, I'm that's, surprised that's... I dislike through you so far. So it's like no, Gen U... Gen U has a lot of things like in the forms of um, the styles and whatnot that can give you a yeah. lot of quality of life and can give you different experiences. It's also, it's also like very accessible and sped up and and yeah. more arcadey than even it's just more it's more streamlined than the older games. Yes, it, so it's like I think the, the, I wouldn't the, be surprised if people like GU but they don't like 3G. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it, it's it's like the way that I look at it is uh, so. I came from playing Try and then playing Freedom uh, Unite and then 3 Ultimate and then 4 Ultimate and then Generations and then eventually World and Rise. So it's like I just have a different appreciation of the games because I've played the jankiest ones. It's like I look at it the same way as like people who played the original Final Fantasy VII. I think it's a very easy thing that there's tons of people who played the original Final Fantasy VII. And they have a deep appreciation for that game. Like, they really love it. Well, I recently, I mean, recently, I think it was like maybe two years ago. I don't know exactly when it was. But I recently played Final Fantasy VII because I wanted to go back and I wanted to play seven and eight because I have nostalgia for eight, but I wanted to play seven first. Kegren even donated so, I, so that I would buy it. So I started playing seven and I did not like it. Like, I liked the, yeah. the opening bit where it's it's kind of like linear the moment they put me on the open world i was just like wow i i have no idea what i'm doing i have no idea where to go and it's like you know eventually you stumble through and start finding things but the problem is also that i don't like that weird blocky arms art style that they got for the characters when they're in the like that just kills a lot of the enjoyment for me and it's like i understand for a lot of you're backing up you're backing up my argument on why i'm not going to try xenoblade you don't like the it's the visual thing. You gotta like the visuals. Uh, You're turned we'll, off. We'll talk about this later, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I I think that for people that have played the earlier games, I think they have a different appreciation of it, and obviously they're gonna love replaying those games because they still remember them a lot more fondly than than me. So it's like for me or Gaijin going back and playing an older Monster Hunter will probably be fine with it because we've played the older games to an extent. If you're coming from World and Rise, it, getting into three ultimate is probably going to be considerably harder. Now, if the first 25 hours haven't been exactly fun, for starters, you're playing Gunlance. Gunlance is very hard to get into in the older games because the mobility of the weapon is just atrocious. It's really, really bad. So I'd recommend maybe trying a different weapon if you really want to you know, keep playing. Like maybe go for House Sword and Shield in three ultimate. Is that good? I would imagine oh, it's yeah. pretty simple. It's, that, yeah. was my, that was my second weapon. After Lance, it was really good. Yeah. So I would recommend trying Sword and Shield because that's usually in the older games. It's simpler. It's easier to get into. But then again... If it still doesn't click, don't force it. Like, that's the thing. If it still doesn't click, just don't force it. Like, you don't want to burn yourself out, particularly ahead of another Monster Hunter release. I bought Monster Hunter for you for Yuna, and she's not playing it. Yeah. She said, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. It's like... We didn't even finish. We we almost finished for you, but we didn't. Because it's like, I'm exhausted. Okay. Ultimately, you got to taste it. 
Yeah, ultimately, it, it's it's going to be about your own personal preference. So, like, for instance, like I said at the start of the show, uh, Lost Ark is a game that is currently being enjoyed by one point however million people in the West, plus people in Russia, plus people in, in, in the East. There, there's millions upon millions of people playing the game. I tried it out, and I just felt like it wasn't for me, so I'm probably not going to play it. You know, it's like... Not every game is going to be for everyone. It's just if it's not fun and if you're not enjoying it, don't play it. Play something else. Because twenty five, I mean, but having experience in Generations Ultimate and the recent games mean that there's no major learning curve with what Monster Hunter is. Yeah. So twenty five hours to me feels like, yeah, try a different weapon just because maybe the weapon you've always known, always known and loved is just way too different. And if a second weapon doesn't click, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's just don't feel bad about it. Like even I wouldn't go back and play three U all the way through again. I I don't think I would. I think it'd be too of a slog for me. Plus I've already done it, so and I've enjoyed it. But like it's 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 quite a jump from like I call Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate kind of like old school style, and it pisses people off because it is actually quite different in many ways from like four Ultimate and three Ultimate. So it's not exactly the same. Like there, it's a, that's the intermediate jump, intermediate jump. So I think those who enjoyed Iceborne and Rise, I think you can go back to GU and have fun. I think whether you can even for you, I'm gonna say, going back to for you or three you, whether or not you'd enjoy it, I think it's it's a it's a toss. I don't know. It depends on the person. Did uh, did he stop talking? Okay, so uh, I'm sorry about this uh, weird transition here, both in video and in audio, but um, what ended up happening in today's episode of the Third Fleet Podcast was it was actually a power surge, power surge that pretty much uh, shot our recording dead. And not only that, but it actually corrupted the uh, the recording file that we were using to record this particular podcast because, uh, you know, when there's a power surge in OBS recording, yeah, uh, it took me quite a few hours to recover it, so I do hope that you guys enjoy it. But this was the last question that we we're going to be doing in the podcast anyway. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, hit the like button. helps us out a lot getting through the YouTube algorithm. And Mama Susan likes her likes on the uh, YouTube videos and all that. As per usual, subscribe if you uh, enjoy the Third Fleet podcast so that you get notified. And also, you can ex be expecting to see uh, Elden Ring in the channel eventually when that comes out. There's obviously going to be links in the description as per usual for all things Gaijin Hunter. And um, yeah. We'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong. Stay safe. Happy hunting.